0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 104 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burl, and I am joined, as usual, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, I think we're feeling a little bit better today as the Blue Jays did get a series win after three back-to-back-to-back, very disappointing series that the Toronto Blue Jays just had. We went into Minnesota, the city of a thousand lakes, And we took two out of three games, including some well-pitched ball games. We'll get into that in this episode and so much more, including home runs going off Dalton Varsho's glove. Bo Bichette has a monster series, some notes on the bullpen, and of course some prospect notes and all that to come here in this episode. But first guys, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, all that fun stuff. If you're listening to us in podcast land, Leave us a five star review. Tell a friend, share, download, all that good stuff. It really is the best way to help the show grow and to stay connected to your Toronto Blue Jays all throughout the season. Riley, a lot to get to in this episode. We're feeling good after a series victory. Where did you want to go first?
1: So I think we'll go with our two wins of the series that being game one and game three. Jesse, Let's look at our starting pitchers for these two games. And I mean, there is absolutely no correlation with their their pitching line in the results of their games. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's start with, I'm going to start with the game one starter and say Kevin Gosman. He struck out eight over five and a third And uncharacteristically, he walked five guys. If you take away those five walks on his line, it's absolutely tremendous, but we can't, we can't (laughs) bypass that. We can't, we can't say that, Oh, it's okay. Even though we walked five guys, that's a substantial amount of base on balls for one Kevin Gosman, who just simply doesn't walk a ton of hitters. Mm -hmm. I thought particularly in this game, his fastball looked tremendous. Yes. Yes. He walked pitchers, and I will say this on very competitive pitches. Now the Minnesota Twins lineup is not, you know, a team that's going to drive home a hundred wins, but they still give Ray Jays a tough one in this. I mean, only are the biggest score differential was three runs in Game Three. Gosman was in a tight ball game, and I mean, he's a competitive pitcher and throwing competitive pitches just got. Kind of stung with some, you know, walks that just usually aren't there. Also, four hits to add. He wasn't giving up a ton of hard contact. This was a good outing by Kevin Gosman. If it weren't for the five walks, It would have been a great outing for Kevin Gosman, but we just simply can't look past that. And the other, another guy snake bitten by um, the walks in this was our game three starter. Now, here's a wonkier line for you guys. I mean, this is a guy who threw five and two thirds of an inning. He struck out five. That's good for Jose Barrios. We like yeah. to see those strikeout numbers. But he also walked five batters. And yes, that is probably more close to Jose Barrios. He only gave up four hits, which I thought was more surprising in this. But I feel like he got extremely lucky in his start. This was mm-hmm. a very, very close ball game. The runs we got, which we'll talk about, I'll talk about in a bit. But he got saved in the first inning by Kilroff getting a thrown out at second. I mean, they could have had the sacks due with nobody out in the first inning. Um, There was a couple more situations where uh, Minnesota just did simply not run the base as well. Brios helped himself out with some good defense uh, from a good assist from Vlad. Vlad also made a good defensive put out himself. So we had some good defense behind him. Varsho made a great play as well. The defense was there for him, um, but Barrio still got lucky. He was still giving up some fairly hard contact. I mean, it's a good outing. It's not a great outing. We're going to start with this. Usually we start with a, for sure, th- th- thumbs up and thumbs down mm-hmm. for us. This is a, let us know what you think. Was this a Was this a good start? Was this a bad start for either Gosman or Barrios? For me, it's hit and miss, man. I got to give some more love to Gosman. But Barrios still did well in his outing. But you cannot look past the five walks in each of the starts. For both Barrios and Gosman. Either way, a win to their line, Jesse. Yeah, and wins we are good. took two we out of wins. three. Exactly, yeah. man. So what are we really complaining about here? So, I,
0: I guess I want to dive deep into the numbers here a little bit. I guess you could say it was a good start, right? At the end of the day, if you go five and a third innings pitch, you don't give up a run. That's good, right? Kevin Gosman's, for example, his FIP in the start was three ten. That's good. That'll play quite good. But then you look at the five walks and, you know, the nine base runners over five and a third, that whip is extremely high. That's not good. So would you consider this a positive start or a negative start based on what we've seen from Kevin Gosman? Just give me a quick positive or negative
1: yeah I mean, it's it's a it's a positive because we got the win. It's a negative because it's things you don't usually see out of Kevin Gosman. So, of course, you don't want that trend to continue, um but just happy we got the win. But a negative overall in the fact of the walks.
0: Right. Um, Exit velocity against of 81 miles per hour, which he induced more soft contact in this one than any other game uh, he's pitched so far this year. So I'd say that is good for Kevin Gosman because the thing about him in the past is sometimes he does get hit. He does get hit very hard. He didn't in this start. So let's take the soft contact ability, Kevin Gosman, and limit the walks like you have done your whole season and your whole time as a Toronto Blue Jay. And I think this Kevin Gosman Cy Young season is still officially on. Now, to Jose Brios' start, yeah, I didn't get to watch this, I will admit, but I'm looking at the line here five and two thirds innings pitch, five walks, five strikeouts. His average exit velocity, Riley, was even better than Kevin Gosman's, an average of 79.2 against him. And remember early in the season when uh, Jose Brios was struggling significantly, you and I came on here and we talked quite frequently about, man, Jose Brios has just given up way too much hard contact. He needs to limit that. His last start against Tampa Bay when he went seven innings, that number was down to 85.5 miles per hour. You and I come on here and say, hey, this is good from Jose Brios. This is what we really needed to see. And the one thing that does stand out, aside from the walks, a 61.5% ground ball rate, Riley, his best in a start this season. If Jose Barrios is inducing ground balls and, in fact, soft ground balls, that can only be a good sign. Same thing with Kevin Gosman. Just limit the walks, Jose Barrios, and you are going to be your high-impact starter that the Toronto Blue Jays desperately need right now.
1: Oh, couldn't agree more, man. If he keeps the ball on the ground, I mean, he's been snake bitten by the long ball. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. Simply wasn't that in the start. I, in my head, I always think of him kind of, you know, making his career maybe in the future, kind of a sinker baller type guy, a hard sinker, weak contact hit balls hit on the ground. So I don't know if his craft is working like this. That is fine. Um, I'm just glad to see, cause Hey, Let's give Jose Barrios some big love here. He has been absolutely fantastic in the last five, Mm -hmm. six Mm -hmm. starts. And His line is tremendous. Oh, it's kind of put up. It's a put up or shut up year for Jose Barrios making that dough and the year he had last year. This is what we need out of him for us to come on here and call him our fourth starter for what he should be is absolutely crazy. Everyone's bought into the fact that Jose Brios isn't what he used to be, but there's still a chance. It's going to take a lot of work. And when you see trends like this, you hope they continue because there's a chance that, yes, he can really reel it back to when his 2018 stint with the twins, 2019, like there is still a lot of time for Jose Brios to figure it out.
0: All right. Well, good. I think that we'll take this as a positive for the Toronto Blue Jays. With how Kikuchi and Alec Manoa have been struggling, we kind of need Jose Burrios to step up and be a good stable force. And this start against the Twins was a step in the right direction. Riley, I want to go to the offensive side of the ball. And I want to go to a player that also really, honestly, he's been doing it all season, but we still have to give this guy some love. And that's Bo Bichette. You told me before we started here, Riley, that he had seven more hits in the series. I know he hit a home run in game one. And on that pitch, Riley, it was a fastball up and in. And Bo who we've talked about forever, his approach at the plate has always been, I'm going to take that ball the other way. I'm going to drill between the first and the second baseman. I'm going to pepper that right center field gap. I'm going to wait, 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 wait. If you look at the heat map of where, uh, Boba does damage against certain pitches. He is actually really good at pitches that are up and in tight to his body. The home run he hit off Louis Varlan today was a 93-mile-per-hour fastball up and into his plate that he turned on. Riley, you and I were screaming at Boba to do this last year, and he has done it consistently so far this year. I am floored and blown away by what Boba has done at a plate. Riley, I don't think it's a bold enough statement to say Boba is the best Toronto Blue Jay right now, period, I might even argue, Riley, he is the best shortstop in the game of baseball right now. Tell me I'm wrong here with what Bo has done to start the season so far.
1: It's it's so hard to say he's not. There's a lot of people who would totally disagree with us. Whenever you have a guy, and I mean, hey, you were talking about how he's pulling the ball, and he Mm -hmm. also had a he sliced one past the first base bag for uh for a base hit. He hit it right down the foul line too. He can hit the ball to all fields. Bo just simply puts bat on ball, and then again, a gap in the the center. I mean, he had a he had a triple in the series as well. I not he has single digit triples in his career. He just gets hits. This is what he does. As I said this before, how many times have I said that he will lead the American league in hits? Um, it's, it's a knock on wood. It's, you know, that he finishes the year as strong as he is, put together in this campaign thus far. But Jesse, the value that he holds right now in all of Major League Baseball, just the weight he has, uh, like weighted runs created. I Mm -hmm. mean, he's a part of it all. He bats second for us on the occasion, hits leadoff when Springer's out of the lineup. Like uh, when we talk, oh yeah, the offense is only as good as Vladdy will take us. Well, no, not when you have Bo Bichette Averaging, you know, two point whatever hits a game. I mean, that's crazy. He's driving in runs, he's quick enough on the base pass. I mean, he hasn't screwed up too bad. I mean, there has been some gaffes on the base pass. I don't think Bo's been a huge part of that. So he's put put us in the plus category for that. But it would be crazy not to even consider him as the best shortstop in Major League Baseball. He is probably easily the best hitting. Middle infielder in all of baseball, um, and as far as all around, if you're just to how you weigh value of a player, yeah, Jesse, I would agree. I would agree with you and say that hitting, being as big as it is, and how good Bull Bichette can string together hits, is the most valuable shortstop in Major League Baseball right now.
0: So here's where Boba ranks in um terms of stats in terms of major league shortstop. He is the number one shortstop in WRC plus. He is the number one shortstop in WOBA, including things like slugging percentage on base percentage. Bobachet has been the best shortstop in the game. Now, if you look at terms of across Major League Baseball in all positions, Bobachet is top five in the American League in WRC Plus. Listen to some of these names, Riley. Bobachet is hitting better than this year. Pete Alonso is on pace to tie Aaron judge's home run record that he set last year. Boba Shett has a higher WRC plus than him. Uh, Mike Trout. Ever heard of him? Boba is having a better season than him. Last year's NL MVP, Paul Goldschmidt. Boba is having a better uh, season than him. I could go on and on with some names on this list, Riley, but Boba Shett is a certified superstar and I don't want anybody to forget it. Not even a little bit. I guess you could say, Hey, only two stolen bases on the season we've talked about his speed in the past maybe it's just one of these things boba is too high of an impact bat maybe he just doesn't need to run on the bases anymore i think we are seeing the best of boba and honestly i'm glad we got him tied to that three-year deal that we did in the offseason because he'd be a lot more expensive otherwise if we didn't
1: he is so potent his approach is so i won't say pure i won't say clean because it's still a very grindy guy. He gets hits on pitches that are sometimes not in the strike zone, which is fine because he's not striking out as much as he did. I mean, he's putting together a very good season, Jesse. And I mean, hey, like I said this. Right before we got on, we had mm-hmm. the Bo Bichette discussion. We got it's someone you have to talk about. He's a he's a he buzz all around Major League Baseball with how many hits he's stringing together. The power numbers, how they're increased. I mean, for me right now, Jesse, he's in my top five for American League um, MVP voting. And I mean, that might be blasphemous, uh, you know, not blasphemous, but, you know, arrogant as a Jays fan to say. But, I mean, really, look at the big picture, the names you said. More uh, runs created than Pete Alonso. Yeah. I mean, gold, Goldie's having a whatever year for the Cardinals, but he's in some pretty good competition. When you really break it down, man, I would not be surprised, Jesse, that he, for one, takes home the Silver Slugger at shortstop, and number two, gets some MVP votes thrown his way. Now, this is if the season continues, and there is no sign that it won't keep trending on exactly. like this, Jesse. Exactly. He is just an absolute machine at the plate. He can't be stopped.
0: You know who else can't really be stopped at the plate right now? And Riley, I am so glad we are about to mention this guy's name because you and I coming into the season were a little bit worried about this player and how he was going to perform. But that is... George Springer. And since coming back from that sickness that he had earlier in the year, where he seemed to be getting the worst of whatever bug was going through the blue Jays clubhouse. Here's how he's done in his last 15 games, Riley 21 hits in those 15 games. He's got three home runs. So good to see the powers back eight walks to seven strikeouts. So I know we love to see the more walks and strikeouts, especially from our leadoff man. He's even got two stolen bags. Not bad for a guy on the wrong side of 30 and his slash line Riley over those 15 games, 362 batting average, 439 on base percentage, a 621 slugging. That's an OPS over 1,000. I officially want to declare George Springer is back to the guy that we thought he was, and he'll be here going forward.
1: That plus 620 slugging is very, very good for George Springer. I mean, let's not forget that this guy once had almost, I think, 39 home runs with the Houston Astros. This is a guy who is extremely valuable. Yes, the wrong side of 30, and yes, he doesn't look as athletic as he once was but he's still a very good fundamental MLB ball player and he still got a lot of pop in that bat when he can find the holes man when he can get on base I mean we got the guys in the lineup that can drive him in and sometimes George Springer might have to take things in his own hand the old solo shot every now and again mm-hmm. he can do that he can do that man George Springer is a very very good ball player very valuable for this Toronto Blue Jays club because really it starts with him at the top I mean literally and figuratively jesse he's a good veteran talent and i love that he's putting together a good year because yes i had a lot of question marks with this guy the last time we saw him before the season started you know injured blah 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 what spring are we gonna get i mean i don't want to jump the gun on this one jesse but this this very well could be the best season he puts together as a toronto blue jay if things continue it's 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 gonna be close he i mean he has, he has a ways to go. It's a long ways to go, but I really like how he's his usage. I like the DH between right field and, and kind of how he is. He doesn't seem too fatigued. I mean, he's having some good approaches at the plate. And uh, hit, hit off the right-handers very well, as George, uh, George Springer does. He had a marvelous series against Minnesota. Strung together six hits. Drew a walk. Love that. Absolutely fantastic out of our leadoff guy.
0: He still has a way to go because he did slump in April, but he did put up 4.2 last season. If George Springer ends the year at 4.2 wins above replacement, I'd call that a success and good things for George Springer. Riley, let's talk about the other outfielder here and Dalton Varsho and he is getting some gripe from Toronto Blue Jays faithful. In fact, he had a very interesting series here in game two playing center field. Dalton Varsho ran back at the wall and there were two times a ball went off of his glove and ended up going over the fence. Now, one of them, was over the fence anyway. It would have taken a spectacular catch for Dalton Varsho to get it, but Dalton Varsho is capable of making spectacular catches. So I don't know. He's been taking some gripe. He has hit some home runs lately, but I have noticed too, a lot of those home runs that Dalton Varsho has hit have come late in the game when the Blue Jays are already down five, down six, you know? So he's been down and relegated to seventh in the batting order too, and he's not playing as much versus lefties anymore as he did early in this season. So, what is your take, Riley, on Dalton Varsho? Are we still certain this guy should be an everyday hitter, put him into the lineup all the time, or are we worried that, say, hey, this guy might not be developing as good as we thought he might?
1: Well, before I, before I, you know, get right into what I think is an easy question to address, I do want to start with the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, dude, let's do and that. So, I mean. Every kid dreams as, you know, the outfield I played. It's like, I want to rob a home run. I want to ho- run a ro- rob a home run. Jesse, two batters in a row, two home runs. I mean, he, I mean, absolutely crazy. You feel terrible that it went off his glove. I mean, clearly it was going to stay in the yard. I mean, he jumped, it went back off. I mean, this guy's five foot insert single digit number here. He's not a tall guy, makes a tremendous leap. And obviously kind of just off the, 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 You know, the flab of his glove, it wasn't pocketed. It got out of his glove as he kind of held it over the wall. Whatever. you got to shake that that off. He made a nice catch in Game 3 at the wall. Wasn't going to leave the yard, but it's still nice. He got a lot of action in the outfield in this series. So, I mean... You can't take that away. I mean, you can you can gripe at him. But for the people who are saying, oh, whatever, you know, potentially, yes, Jesse, it kind of costs us the game. I don't look at baseball that way because that's just that's just how it goes, man. As far as his bat, absolutely. You need to keep this guy in the lineup. He is a tremendous power hitting lefty. He has good wheels. I mean, listen, you would like the on base to be significantly better. Everyone, everyone wants the on base to be better, but I mean, there's so many good pluses with Farshow's power that it's almost, yeah, if he's, if he's the best power hitting seventh in in the league, if he's the best um, seven hitter that has 25 home runs, 22 home runs, then let him be the best power-hitting, seventh-spot guy in the league. I mean, I'm okay with him because of how many uh, positives he has, his base running, his range in the outfield, his arm, his power. If he doesn't get on base as much as, you know, uh, just a, uh, above a replacement-level guy, because let's be honest, Dalton Varsho is far above replacement-level baseball players. Oh, yes. His defense and speed is just far too valuable and the power is there obviously the barrels are fewer and far between because he's not making solid contact but jesse absolutely he is still developing at the major league level this guy will get better as time goes on he still has a lot of team control and yeah you let this guy be an everyday player still jesse that's a no-brainer for me that he's in the lineup every day
0: Okay. And remember his season last year in Arizona, it wasn't till the end. I think he hit 11 of his 20 something home runs in September last year. So maybe Dalton Varsho is just a slow starter. No, he is changing leagues. We've talked about all this stuff too. It just, it is a little concerning the average exit velocity against 14th percentile. He's not hitting the ball hard. He just seems average in everything else in there. Um, Riley, he hasn't hit a double since the Atlanta series back in Toronto. That's been almost a month since Dalton Versho has hit a double, but, I, I think I'm with you. I might have a little higher concern than you do on the performance of Dalton Varsho because since we lost Teoscar Oscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel, who is tearing it up in Arizona right now, we kind of need another offensive piece, a good offensive thump. And we thought Dalton Varsho could deliver on that. And maybe our expectations were just a little too high of what we can get off the bat. But overall, I agree with your sentiment. Still a good player. The baseline level is high with room to get better. I believe it'll happen too.
1: For now, let's just go with we'll get him in the second half, Jesse. Let's we'll it. say that we'll say that he is a late bloomer in the season. Obviously, not ideal. You, if we could have all 162 players, we would. But let's take what we can get because Varsho still has a lot of big parts and big contributions for this Blue Jays team.
0: For what it's worth, expected batting average for Dalton Varsho: 246. So it's the best of his career so far. So. Promising signs from Dalton Varshow here. I want to talk about another player here. And let's go back to the rotation because in between Gosman and Jose Barrios was Chris Bassett. And Chris Bassett went on that run earlier where you and I were praising the guy of how good he had. like I think it was 26 straight shutout innings or something like that. He had a start here, though, where he was poor yet again. I believe it was seven earned runs in this one um, over his... I just have it here. Yeah. Four innings, nine hits, two home runs allowed, two walks, five strikeouts, a FIP over nine in this appearance. Riley, this is now back to back starts where Chris Bassett just didn't have it. And I think he even gave a quote to John Schneider after this game where he even said like, look, what I did was not enough. My off-speed stuff wasn't hitting the spots consistently. And when they're able to hit it, they are able to hit it quite hard. That wasn't the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of that, that Chris Bassett said, I do take away the positive, though, that Chris Bassett knows what happened, knows what he did wrong, which makes me feel like he's going to know what it takes to correct this. So level of concern now of back-to-back bad starts from Chris Bassett and where you are on him.
1: I'm going to say about a three. I thought that Bassett got stung. Minnesota were swinging for the fences. He got hit hard Mm -hmm. in game two of this series. Man, I still have a lot of good faith for Chris Bassett. Um, you know, for him to achieve six innings, for him to achieve a quality start, he's got to have his breaking stuff working. He's got to have location down. It's less about velocity with this guy and more about getting soft contact, getting uh, pitchers off balance and, um, you know, the occasional strikeout with him. I mean, he did still strike out five in four innings, which is the only good thing to take away from his line, really. I mean, he was just, he got bruised. My concern level is still quite low, Jesse. He did have a very, 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 good string of games and i mean we're gonna find a happy median we're gonna get something in the middle because i still believe chris bassett is a guy who's going to put up very good numbers the rest of this season for the blue jays pitchers are gonna have blow-ups i said at the start of the year yeah he's gonna have blow-ups when he's good he's on when he's bad i mean seven earned runs yep put that on his line Next, next, uh, next series, next whatever start he's scheduled for. Shake it off, get back out there, and make it work.
0: Yeah, and we even said this about coming over his season with the Mets last year. It was just two or three dreadful starts, and the rest were fantastic. And if you look at this at the line so far this season for Chris Bassett, this was his second worst start of the season, behind only the opening one he had on opening day in St. Louis, where he gave up nine earned runs into the opening series, which we all remember. Other than that. Chris Bassett has been very, very good, and I expect we'll see more of that going forward. Riley, I do have some injury updates here. Danny Jansen did hit the IL with groin tightness. Tyler Heineman is up in his replacement, and we talked about this, I think, last episode. It's going to mean more Alejandro Kirk now that is confirmed, and Alejandro Kirk's played a lot this series. We don't need to talk a lot about him. We can maybe touch on that the next episode, but another injury update is Kevin Kiermaier left the game with back tightness, and I haven't seen an injury update yet on Kevin Kiermaier. We might have to wait until the lineups are announced tomorrow. I don't think he's going to need an IL trip. It might be one of these things where the guys day to day but remember kevin kiermeyer doesn't have the best track record of staying healthy right this was kind of the big risk when we signed him and he has been statistically one of the best blue jays hitters this year so if we do lose kevin kiermeyer especially in the short term with how much offensive thump we've needed this could be a major red flag so do you have a thought on those two injuries riley and what they mean for the team going forward
1: well, I mean, I was really looking forward. I mean, Kiermaier, before he was taken out in uh, the next game, in game one, I mean, he had a solo shot uh, to right field that was absolutely blasted, a no-doubter off his bat. He's been real good for us, man. Kevin Kiermaier has been great. and Yes, there's always been with him kind of um, the chance that he could be injured. And I think, you know, what has happened with Kiermaier uh, with the Rays is that he played a lot of games injured so you're not going to get the full That's true. Kevin That's Kiermaier true. That- that's where, you, that's where you see the 224. I think, naturally, Kevin Kiermaier probably isn't a 230s hitter. But I think he's played a lot of his, you know, let's say past 2016, past 2017, and in 2018. I would say that he's probably played a lot of those fatigued, maybe a little hurt. I won't say injured, but there's definitely something there. You could say he's slowing down, but he's really not slowing down. Kevin Kiermaier, very athletic guy very youthy uh player and um we hope we hope it's a day-to-day thing and he can kind of get inserted back in the lineup whenever he feels comfortable because he was very good for us in game one of the series and and, i mean it sucks uh that we had to take him out based off um, a throw from the outfield that wasn't really close he was laboring after he made the throw and rightfully got taken out so take the time you need off and uh, get back and be healthy in our lineup
0: yeah, let's hope the off day today really does help Kevin Kiermaier, because we honestly, we kind of need him <laughs> in there in center field full-time for the Toronto Blue Jays to really get on a run here. Um, Van Graaffs just came out with the Blue Jays' top 41 prospects this season. Now, we don't have to spend any time with them. I'm just going to List some things that were interesting to me, Riley, and see if you have a minute reaction here. Ricky Tiedemann, still the best Blue Jays prospect, surprising nobody. I think we expected him to be there, even if he hasn't pitched in quite a while. Addison Barger has moved up to number two on this list. Now, he's been injured with the Buffalo Bisons, but the scouts seem to really like what he did this spring and what he did towards the end of last year. Brandon Barrieras, number three, we talked about him. He was our first-round pick in the draft last year. He's probably about a year or two behind Ricky Tiedemann. And rounding out the top five are Leo Jimenez and Josh Kasevich. Kasevich was a, a pick just last year, I believe. People have impressed. But some other names, Riley, that you and I have talked about for prospects in the past that have really moved down this list. Number one is Orelvis Martinez, Riley. And I don't know if you've looked at what Orelvis Martinez has done this year down in New Hampshire, but it is fascinating what he has done. I think I have his most recent line up here. Just let me try to find it. But he is hitting home runs or literally nothing else. He had his 13th home run of the year at double A. The 21 year old has 24 hits. 13 of them are home runs. It seems wild. But if you look under the hood, the strikeout rate has gone down. He's just not finding grass with anything else. It seems to be a true power swing from Oralvis Martinez. So what do we do with the kid? Like, do you think he can develop if he's only hitting under 200 in double A with all this power? Like what do we do?
1: That's so funny that you mentioned something like that. I literally had a phone conversation with friend of the show Ian Dalmage, mm-hmm. and um, there's a word for a player like that. We call them the the three outcome players, and yeah, that's where we, we, that's uh, that's uh, that's like an Adam Dunn, uh, where you either walk, strike out, or hit a home run. So uh, traditionally, when I say a guy, J.D. Martinez, Joey Gallo, Jose Consenco, Adam Dunn, guys of basically kind of the same stature and the same kind of positions, maybe a outfielder that kind of migrated towards the first base area as, as the years went on. Um, or Elvis Martinez. though, an infielder holds athletic, uh, like really an athletic guy. Um, the fact that he is hitting so, so many home runs in just that shows a lot of promise. I'm very surprised also, Jesse, because in my head, I was going down the list. I thought, okay, Tiedemann one, Yep. Barger yep. two. That makes sense. I would have I didn't know if it was Barriera or Barger. I knew top three, whatever. And then right after, I was expect I was right with you. Yep. Cause I thought, okay, a Martinez number four. Okay. And then no, okay. Because I do think that he is very much a stone's throw away from becoming a platooned MLB player. I think that he will get his shot sooner rather than later. Okay. And I mean, there's a lot of cool tools to work with in this man. I mean, powers, power is a very niche thing for a manager to have in the lineup, man. Can't defend against a home run. Simple as that. 13 home runs for the Fisher cats. Sign me up for something like that. I don't know how you can convert that to a major league level. But whatever it is, man, he's doing something right down there as far as the power. And I don't hate
0: it, man. Still one of the youngest players in uh, AA2. So let's not forget that. For what it's worth, Riley, his walk rate is up. His strikeout rate is down. I think it's the 124 Babbitt that is really sinking or Elvis Martinez right now. So expect that to turn around. And in terms of him being with the Blue Jays this year, I think that's still a long shot, still a ways. However... Power is usually one of the toughest tools to develop, like you said. And if the Blue Jays are going to make a postseason run, it might not be the worst idea to get a guy who can run into one on your bench if you need a big pinch hit at bat at some point in the game. So I don't hate that call. But, Riley, we got to get out of here, man. If you notice, if you're watching on YouTube, things are a little different. I'm in the process of moving right now. So my next episode, it's going to be a little bit different from here. So there's no Blue jay stuff behind me. I'm in my Pirates hat, for goodness sake. It's all uh, very different here. But if you're listening on the podcast side, everything should be as good as normal. So hectic week for us, but we were still able to follow along with the Toronto Blue Jays here. Riley, do you have anything else you want to add before we get on to, uh, before we call it an episode here? No,
1: I mean, let's, I want to just quickly say that our bullpen was absolutely fantastic. Yep. Uh, Bass was great. Richards is great. Swanson Romano, all great. I want to say Sember was terrible. Garcia <laughs> was terrible. I just wanted to get that in. I also want to say that after that series, Jesse, we stand at twenty-eight and twenty-six. We are okay. fifth, fifth, dead last in the American League East. We flip over to the American League Central, Jesse. Twenty-eight and twenty-six, same record for the Minnesota Twins. Where the hell did they sit? in? are first. Standing, Jesse? Yep. They're in first place. Ah, oh, drives me bonkers, man. Absolutely absolutely killer. That that joke of a uh, and Kansas City doing nothing to try Detroit, <laughs> Detroit will be good one day. Mark my words, Riley Green for 2028 American League MVP. Torkelson have figured out whatever. Guardians, <laughs> I don't know why they're not. They have the best pitchers in the world. On, like when they're, when they're yeah, they can't. Hey, can't win every game two to one. I don't know. I hate, I hate this division. Obviously, it's good to play against the best, but man, we—it's like someone's got to just, just do something with those Rays and damn those Orioles coming out of nowhere from the last three seasons. They're putting together a campaign. Our Blue Jays, though, Jesse, still over a hundred games left. We're very still in the race for, you know, a wild card and still the division isn't out of the question. Anything can happen.
0: Yeah. For being 10 games out and in fifth in our division, I still don't feel terrible about the stake of the Toronto Blue Jays right now, but that'll be a conversation for another day, guys. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Please remember like the video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, anywhere you can find your podcast. You can find Buds and Blue Jays. So please do all that stuff for us here. That'll do it for episode today, guys. We'll see you again later next week. Thank you once again. Thanks guys.